You're listening to She's Got Drive podcast, the podcast that inspires women to be the driver in their own life through the life and stories of black women who drive. And I'm your host, Shirley McAlpine. I'm a business consultant and executive coach and a leadership facilitator, working with people and organizations to live their lives by design and not default. Welcome back to another episode of She's Got Drive and another wonderful woman sitting in the guest chair this week. I want to remind you to help us expand the podcast each week. We're seeing more and more people obviously listening to the podcast and it's because you're doing some fabulous sharing and writing reviews. And so I really invite you to share the podcast with people that you know and head over to iTunes as well and rate and review the show because it helps, it helps. This week we have a dancer, an educator, a speaker, a choreographer and I am loved, we had so much fun actually (laughs) in this interview as well as having some really deep conversations Uh, This week we have Hope Boykin, who is someone who I was so fortunate to be connected to. And and now here I am interviewing her. She was born and raised in Durham, North Carolina. And she was the three-time recipient of the American Dance Festival's Young Tuition Scholarship. She attended Howard University in D.C. when she felt a call to move to New York. And she studied at the Alvin Ailey School. Hope worked as the assistant to choreographers Milton Myers and the late Tally Betty, was an original member of Complexions and danced many years with the Philandanko, the Philadelphia Dance Company. She joined the Alvin Ailey American Dance Theatre in 2000, where she continues to perform her duties as a dancer, as well as her work as an educator, speaker and choreographer. She has been acknowledged in a number of ways. She's currently, and most notably, a 16-year member of the Dance Theatre. She's been there for so long. And that acknowledgement, she was honoured twice in 2014. First in a special performance celebrating the women of Alvin Ailey. And as a debtor, a role created for her by longtime friend and co-worker Matthew Rushing. She travels the world performing to audiences and following the mission and the legacy of the great Alvin Ailey, bringing dance to everyone. It's my pleasure to introduce to you Hope Boykin. Hope, thank you so much for being on She's Got Drive and sitting in the guest chair this week. I'm so excited. I can't tell you, I'm so excited. And I am. I'm feeling hot, actually. I'm so excited to be <laughs> such a fan such a fan um so thank you so much thank you so much thank you very much for having me I'm excited too well I've been looking forward to having this conversation with you for ages so since we since we had that call I mean before obviously when we were connected and then then we had our call I was like oh you know it was such a lovely (laughs) conversation that uh, you know I'm just excited that we're getting to have it Thank you. Thank you very much. It's it's always um, amazing to me 
to start to hear the story of um, from my guests about how they got to where they are today. You know, like how do you be? You were born in North Carolina. How does a a a, a young black child in North Carolina end up being uh, the prima dancer at Alvin Ailey Dance Theatre? You know what I mean? How does that happen? So. Well, I'm always curious about that. So <laughs> let's start. Let's start from the very beginning, as they say, <laughs> yeah. and and um, just give us a sense of like what you do. Say what you do now for our guests, and then um, and then how did you get there? How did you come to be here? Well, I am um, in a now eighteen season member, eighteen year member of the Alvinelli American Dance Theater. I. Not, I'm not only a dancer, but I'm also a choreographer for the company. This year in particular, I am um, sharing a new work, or a work that premiered uh, in December of last year, of mm-hmm. 2016, um, sharing a work uh, called Revolution Dream that I worked in collaboration with Ali Jackson, who composed the music. And um, I used, I was inspired by sermons and speeches of Dr. Martin Luther King, and I pulled from excerpts of things that he'd said, people that he quoted, and then a few things that I had written um, myself and a good friend of mine, Leslie Odom Jr., agreed to narrate over this beautiful music. And it was just an experience that is is, uh, unreal. We've just come back from a 10 and a half week, no, a 10 week, two and a half month, 10 week tour of of Europe, which was the longest two and a half months ever. but seeing that uh, the company trusted me enough to present my work in the beginning of the tour in Paris and also in Denmark, the last city, was just uh, outrageous. You know, knowing that that there's some there's something that I had to say that I wanted to say or mm-hmm. needed to say that that an international audience could accept and appreciate for whatever they took, whatever they got from it, whatever they, you know. Um, were able to pull from the movement of the music. It was just, it was, it was gratifying mm. to know that that it's not just in my head. You know, that sometimes it can actually make its way to the stage and then to an international stage. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, that but is amazing. I, I was born in North Carolina, and you ask how someone from North Carolina makes it up <laughs> to this this place, and I, my first answer would be grace. Um, because there are so many things that we get that we don't deserve. We don't mm. even earn them. They're just gifts. And so that definitely is huge um, part, like my number one answer. And then the other part of it would be my mother, which is just another graceful, graceful, F-U-L-L um, right. expression, because she wanted to make sure that I had every single experience and there was nothing that I encountered growing up that would make me feel like I was limited. Okay. And um, she traveled internationally. There used to be a program in the public school system. My mother was an educator. She's a retired principal um, administrator in the school system in North Carolina. And they used to take students during the spring breaks and summer to Europe. And so when I was of age, 10, I took my first trip wow. to, um, to Paris. And I don't remember much of it. But I remember that I traveled outside of my range, mm-hmm. you know, outside of my neighborhood. She, we would also go to um, to the theaters 
uh, in Washington, D.C., Kennedy Center and other places that would show off-Broadway, you know, when things were touring now, things didn't always come to to Durham like they come now. We've got a huge uh, performing arts center in Durham, but but at that point you didn't have those things. So she would take me to Washington, D.C. to see right. various plays and musicals. So once again, she's, you know, unzipping the world and sharing with me and letting me know that I could really go and do and see anything. I didn't really know that I was limited um, because she gave me so many opportunities. And my whole family has really been supportive, but she would always push me toward the front of the right. room. If there were an empty seat on the front row, then then she was like, well, you should sit there. And I'm like, well, I'll be by myself. She says, well, you don't need to look back anyway. <laughs> and so I, was, I grew up with this, with this ideal. So between Grace and my mother, who was a part of the a part of the gift. I think that it's been um, uh, not an easy walk by mm. any means, but it's been one that I, I know that has been a blessing. You know? Yeah. I love the metaphor that you said, if you're sitting at the, to sit at the front row, because you don't mm. have to look back anyway. I no. love that. Love that. No, love she, that. she always said, don't make other people's mistakes stand in the front you know and yeah. I was like okay you know <laughs> I didn't get it until I started teaching right right <laughs> then I was right. like oh she's right <laughs> so then when did your love of dance arrive you know and how did that happen in that so I can hear the expansion in 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 terms of context and, and your world and expanding your world view but what where did the dance piece come in well, I, I went to those to that class that was once a week for an hour and a half, and you did a half hour of tap, a half hour of jazz, a half hour of ballet. You had one costume, and the skirt's changed. <laughs> you know, you changed the shoes, you changed the skirt. And I loved that. And then, you know, I started to want to take more classes and more spend more time in the studio. And when I realized that it was something that was more than just a hobby, I guess when she would punish me by taking dance away if I didn't do well on a test and she would well, you're not going to dance class you know it wasn't the telephone or or the television it was you you can't do this you can't I'm not driving you over there to do right if you can't you know follow through and so it was like I said I think it was more than a hobby but I didn't know it was a necessity until um, I got to Howard University so I went to Howard because I'd gone on a school visit and I knew that I wanted to go to this school. I had grown up in private school and there were six or seven of us that I, I started there in third grade until mm -hmm. I graduated in 12th. And so there were six or seven blacks within this school, within my class. Right. So I always saw, I always, I was always proud. I was always understanding that, you know, these, these are great opportunities, but I didn't, I was, I hadn't seen or been on a campus that was surrounded by beautiful black people right. until I went to this school visit and I decided that I was going to the school. So in faith, I applied to one college and I got into one. <laughs> college. I, don't, I don't tell many people this story, but um, in my ignorance, because um, Lynn Whitfield uh, graduated from Howard University, because Felicia Rashad graduated from Howard University, and because Debbie Allen graduated right. from Howard University, I was going to go to Howard and I would study psychology or something liberal artsy for my mother and I would dance. And then I got there, I said, I will double major, I'll do all this stuff. And there was no dance major. 
And I was like, how can they not say dance major at a university that Debbie Allen went? You know? I was like, how does she do it? What does she do? Right. That, I, that was my ignorance because it was, Debbie Allen did more than just dance. She danced, she sang, she acted. You know, she was, right. you know, they're part of this, this, this trifecta divaness. And so it was mm-hmm. just, um, like I said, it was my ignorance, not realizing what uh, I needed to push toward. But there were still people there who had strived and trained and worked. And a lot of the professors were uh, uh, former professional dancers. And so they gave me the direction that I needed to go in. And after a while, I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to pause from this, you know, studying mm-hmm. institutional life. And I'm going to go to New York just for a semester. I'm still in it. The semester. <laughs> <laughs> the longest the semester longest ever. ever. <laughs> ever. <laughs> and um, so, yes, I, I went to, to New York in, in 93 and in 94, 1994, at the end of um, a program, I studied at the Ailey School. I was what they call now work study, but when I was there, it was an intern. So you mm-hmm. worked an hour for each class you took. And at the end of this um, series in January, in June, I did a solo of one of my best friends, Matthew Rushing. And um, at that, after that performance, these two men who were in the company um, Desmond Richardson and Dwight Roden came up and asked if I would be in a program they were putting together. Who knew that over 20 years later that performance would be Complexion's contemporary ballet? I mean, it didn't start oh. off that way. I can honestly say that I'm an original member of Complexions, you know. And then, and then after that first performance of Complexions, I went and auditioned for Philodanko and. I was, I mean, literally Saturday night was the last performance of Complexions. The Philodenko audition was that following Sunday and I was exhausted. But there was a woman who was friends with Desmond and Dwight who used to be in the company and she was at the performance. And so any mistakes I made at the audition, she was able to tell them that I might be able to be okay. Right. (laughs) Because she'd seen me the night before. So that was another blessing to see this more grace. And I joined the company and, um, 1994. And then in 2000, I ended up coming to Ailey. It was something that I always wanted to do. But while I was in Philadelphia, I learned so much. I was able to teach. I was an adjunct um, professor at University of the Arts. I was I started subbing. And then all of a sudden, I got my own classes with, you know, none of the credentials you're supposed to have. I was choreographing all over the place, you know, teaching in public schools and private dance academies, just sharing, not even realizing that that kind of thing now would make me dead on my feet, but it was something that I needed to do. And then by the time I got to New York, I was like, oh, well, life will slow down. And I had no idea that I would continue to teach and continue to mentor and have the opportunity to choreograph, not just on other, you know, on the school at Ailey or other places, you know, continuously, but even on the company and my peers, people that I work with, it's just been pretty amazing. And 18 years later, I'm only 25. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much. When you, you talk about, you use the term grace, and it feels like um, the same like when grace meets opportunity and then like you seize it or something. Is that, 
that's what it sounds like like grace so the, the grace gives you like as you said the woman's sponsoring you just saying that look you know she's going to be good <laughs> there may be some gaps today but i saw her last night um so grace meets but grace meets opportunity and you and and then there's something that you need to be in order to seize it in the moment my mom always reminded me that I didn't take no for an answer. And okay. at some point, um, I, that, that person is not here anymore, but I do, I can recall, you know, the time when you're just fearless, you know, that's why they tell you to put young kids into gymnastics or teach them how to dive off of something high because they either are going to do it or they're not going to do it. And then you can push them and then they're over it. Yeah. Now, now it's like I feel like all of the things if I had to redo my life mm-hmm. starting from this age, I would never make it because of fear, you know, and but at, at that point, I just didn't hear it. You know, no would come in and bounce off, I suppose. It just did not work. Wow. So it's um, it's very interesting when I reflect. <laughs> so when did fear arrive? Um, I mean, I think it's always been there, but I've been writing about it a lot lately. Mm-hmm. And in one of the things I was um, sharing in, you know, like a little video diary thing that I do, and I looked it up and um, there were several definitions or a million definitions of fear, but the ones that stood out to me were it's a mixed feeling of dread, a feeling of anxiety or concern or feeling that something unwelcome is going to happen. So right. literally fear is a feeling. It's not a fact. Yes. <laughs> so I was like yes. pointing to myself like, girl, the feeling. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then I've heard time and time again from sermons or speakers that say fear is um, false evidence appearing real. Mm-hmm. And, and I allow that. I've, I have allowed that to happen, you know, and me even, you know, going into a new role, Someone obviously um, believes that I can do it. And the costume is in the dressing room and, I, and I've got to put it on and go out there. And then I have to talk myself into, you know, being this person that is really scary. Yeah. And then, you know, the curtain opens, the lights come on and you just do it. But it's um, that stuff in between that's been pretty much a struggle, I think. Right. And that is and that's still present for you today. Absolutely. Yesterday, today, you know, it's like I, I um, when I, I think about the name of, of this podcast, She's Got Drive, I definitely have it like 70% of the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but sometimes the 30% seems much larger than the 70. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, and, and I've got to, I mean, I, I have to forgive myself. For not, I think I might have said this to you once before, but I have to forgive myself for not being the person that I think I should be, mm. and just and just let it, you know. Oh, I didn't do that well. Okay, try again. Yeah. Instead of punishing me for not being superhuman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ionic. I think it's actually going to be reassuring for many, <laughs> in a funny way, to hear that you how fear is present for you because you're such a magnificent dancer um we have we imagine your world you know that's why these conversations are so important and there is something that you do to get beyond that beyond what that you know in the place where for others fear would stop them Mm. you know you said 70 percent of the time is it's not going to get in your way 
Um, and 70% of the time it gets, or 8% or 9% or 100%, it gets in people's way. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's very, it's going to be reassuring for others to know that that's, that that's there, but there's something you can do to go beyond mm-hmm. it. It's, has it grown, though? I've got a question. Yeah, that's my thought. Has it grown its intensity, the 30%, or is it, do you feel like you've got a handle on it? Some days I do. Um, it's sometimes, some days it takes a different, um, face, you know, um, I sprained my knee in Paris Mm -hmm. and I checked with the therapist and I went to, you know, physio and I did all the things and are are you sure I'm not injuring it anymore? You know, you know, and they're like, well, no, you know, because the only way for it to heal is to rest. They're like, well, I can't rest. You know, this is, this is the second weekend for tour. And so I was, I had eight weeks left. What was I going to do? So I was treating it and I was, um, it's actually a pretty good metaphor. So I was taping it and I was maintaining, you know, the pain and moderating how I could keep myself, um, out of a certain amount of pain so that it wouldn't throw me off, but there was always something. And so it's like, um, I heard someone talk about, I know I said 70, 30, but I heard someone talk about the 80, 20 rule. Mm -hmm. They talk about it when you meet someone that's 80% of them you're in love with and 20% of them you don't (laughs) like, but all of a sudden, you know, the longer you're with them, the 20% grows to 80 and the 80% grows to 20. Like that's really life, you know, like that's life with, with, oh my gosh, if, you know, if, I, I, I spray my knee, I drop my purse, and then someone bumps me, I start crying. Like, it has right. nothing to do with the bump. It has everything to do with what's happened before. It sounds yes. like I'm a little bit cuckoo, but <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like the reality is that um, because we're so physically expressive, mm-hmm. we give, I end up giving all of whatever I've got, right. or leaving it, and then you feel sometimes you feel depleted and then you forget that something went well yes. or you forget that you had a good performance or, or the thing that when you slipped or the turn didn't work out, that's the only part that you remember. Right. You know, the ballet right. is 20 minutes long, but you slipped in one second and that's all you focus on. Yeah. What, yeah. what is that about? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When we, yeah, we can be our just like our worst critic and that Absolutely. critical voice that just can grow and get like noisy, it can get really noisy in our yeah. head. Um and our and, and our and sometimes we, we can be very good at uh, quieting the voice, you know, and oftentimes we can override it. But if if we are depleted, if we are feeling challenged. And we don't have, as my my friend talks about, I think I've talked about it before, like we don't have enough reserve water in our well. Mm-hmm. Then we that just gets amplified rather right. than us having the resource from other places. So, no, 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 yeah. hold on a minute. Right. What are you talking about? Right. You were fabulous. Right. And it was one right. moment that you weren't. But you know what? Right. No one even noticed. Right, right. <laughs> You know, like, exactly. let's, get some, let's get some perspective. You know. Um, it's so true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you talked about one of the things you said was it's not always been easy through your through getting to where you are. And I'm curious what the not easy has been. Um, what the difficult parts mm-hmm. have been. And then what did you do? Um, 
gosh, the more I think about these answers, the more I'm wondering why I'm even here with you. <laughs> because once again, I guess I have to forgive myself. So I um, have been dealing with uh, a body image issue from the beginning of of dance, the beginning of my, like knowing I wanted to have a career in it mm-hmm. um, until this morning, you know, when I'm making breakfast, it's like, well, how many days before I go back to work? Well, will I be able to work this off? Will this look the same? And then mm-hmm. it's like, I'm, I'm older, so it won't be as easy to do this work. And am I working hard enough? And someone, um, he was quite young, I guess, several years ago when he said it to me and it infuriated me. But a friend of mine said, you know, you work so hard to try to change the things you have absolutely no control over, but you don't bother to work on the things that you can control. And I was just gutted because I was like, how dare you be young and wise? (laughs) The nerve of you to talk to me like that I remember when you were you know yeah but but the more I think about it the more I realize that I've let that that particular image of me be a blanket that I carry around Mm. and then for a while I masked it as I'm the poster child for you can do it but (laughs) I can only be the poster child for you can do it if I'm doing it. Right. And, you know, and then what does doing it mean? It mm-hmm. doesn't mean trying to be someone else. Right. I have to, I mean, this is so cliche, but I truly have to love me for all that I am. And some days I do. But the days that I don't is, the, is when I struggle and that those are those valleys that are, yeah. are hard to dig myself out of. And, um... And so I don't take care of myself the way that I could take care of myself. I just have a pity party. Right. And, and so now, you know, I should wake up or, or I, I, maybe I should say when I was 10 years ago, I could wake up at six and run to the gym for an hour and then come back and make breakfast. And now I'm thinking I turn on the news at six, like I'm still awake, but why can't I, what's, where's that, that drive? Right. <laughs> Right. So something something is a little bit different. And so my focus is shifted. It doesn't mean that I don't love what I uh, do, but I'm going to have to find new motivation to maintain the strength in my body because I am older. So yeah. it's going to, you know, uh, take more toll. And, and the dancers just keep getting younger and they're really good. <laughs> <laughs> and and. And even though I've said this to a lot of my students, even though I have my own lane, you know, I have my own mm-hmm. path and my path doesn't compare to someone else's. Right. We still we still audition on a daily basis. We still the choreographer comes in and they say, well, let's see who can do this the way right. I'd like. And we're still in competition with one another. And it's not, you know, we're at work. So we're all paid to be in competition. Right. It's the craziest thing in the world, just so that we can be on stage and then express ourselves. It's it's bananas. Yeah, but, yeah. But 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 it's something that that I truly love. So what do I do? Well, I've got to put in the other work. I've got to do the work. And when I don't do the work, what right do I have to tell someone else that they have to do the work? Exactly. Exactly. It's like it's it sounds like finding a new vision for yourself for who you are today in this work versus yes. 
the vision for yourself from the past, you know. Exactly. So, um, like I, I have moments where I do yoga regularly, and mm-hmm. I go through phases where I don't. And um, I love yoga when I'm doing it, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, but unless I'm consistent, then I don't get the benefit of it, you know. But it's my vision for myself as a 90-year-old woman doing yoga on a beach. Like I had this vision, and that's the vision that keeps me going, you need to get your mat out, you know. Right, right, right. That, that, that's a more recent vision for myself. So it's, and sometimes we hold on to a vision for ourselves that got created in the past, which is like, well, so it turns into a should rather than, a, than something that's compelling us into exactly. action. And, and even, I would even say the vision that's current with the, um, the, the, one, the 90-year-old woman that's next to me in yoga class who can put her he- foot on top of her head, right. I can't do that. And it's okay. Yes, like, exactly. I've, I've got to be okay with not being able to do that. Exactly. Yeah, that's not that's not me trying to be her. That would be me. That's me being me at ninety. Yeah, right, the comparison exactly. junkie. Not right, like we right. all have the comparison junkie in different ways, Absolutely. but the comparison junkie that comes out can, yeah. Well, it's amazing. Have you, yeah, totally. We'll have you for breakfast, <laughs> lunch, dinner, <laughs> right, and all the snacks. Midnight snack. <laughs> The midnight snack. It's going to have you for midnight snack. Yes. <laughs> uh, well, let's talk. Let's celebrate versus let's just go into. Yes. I, I'm thinking. What was your? What's been your biggest accomplishment then? What's been the thing that you're most proud of? You know, it's shifted again. Um, and I know I shared that I had this new work that was mm-hmm. presented on the company, and it was the third time I created a ballet for the Ailey Company. So that was like amazing. But very recently, and this young person does not know this, but very recently, um, a mentee of mine got into a professional company. And she has no idea that when she got, when she first moved to this new city and she started in the second company of this uh, organization, that people would send me messages about her because they called her a little hope. And so mm-hmm. when I would see her and she, you know, I would hear about her, they'd send me little clips of dancing that she'd done. She's way better than I was at, at, at her age, right. way better. But the fact that, that, that she was, she's a part of me because of something. And I thought about her and I invited her to New York to be in um, a presentation that I wanted to give. And mm-hmm. she was, she happened to be on this coast. So I was like, Oh, this is great. I don't have a lot of money, but I'll pay for your food. And I'll, you know, all of this, and she was just happy to be there. And we were in the studio together working. And it was like I was able to impart something. Even yeah. if they weren't my words, I could pull other people's words, mm-hmm. other people in to give her advice. Amazing. And then I got a text message from the associate artistic director of the main company that they had accepted her. I knew an hour before she texted me saying I got in. I was oh, like, wow. Because because she that watching her in her journey, knowing that that I, you know, have five cents Mm -hmm. into, you know, this dollar of her life is incredible. 
And I think about that all the time, that if I don't have anything else, yeah. I can say, oh, I was a part of this career. Yeah. It has nothing to do with what I've done on stage. I love to perform. I tell people um, that it's harder for me to get to stage now, but when I'm there, I'm at home. <laughs> I, I absolutely love it. But watching this young woman perform <clears throat> sends me over the moon. Wow. Over the moon. And I, you just can't, you can't um, beat that. And the young people that that have, that are loyal or that I've called on to work with me, you know, that's what's revitalizing me. You know, who mm. knew that I would be the educator that my mother is in a very different way, but watching them, knowing that I can share something or, or then they, they're older and they invite me to sit in on a rehearsal and I hear them saying things that I've said to them or, nice. you know, our temperaments are the same. I just love it. I love knowing that I have a little something to do with the seasoning that's made them who they are. Yeah, yeah. And you're passing it on as well. You're passing on your yeah. wisdom, your... Mistakes. Mistakes, <laughs> yeah. 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 The, your, yeah. the mistakes that you've made that others don't have to make. Don't have to make them, yeah. You don't have to make them. That's a lesson in itself, actually. It really is. <laughs> you don't it actually really have to make... Because, yeah, people make... You, you have to let people make their own mistakes, but they don't have to make don't those to. mistakes, actually. You could just trust me. <laughs> you don't have to. You could, you know, skip that, come up with some new ones, at least. Absolutely, absolutely. I totally agree. I totally agree. But, in, you know, this, this life has been... I mean, the 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 most beautiful, fastest car that you could ever, mm. you know, drive in and feel the, the freest. I, 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 I heard once, I don't know if it was a, a speech or a sermon or whatever, but I heard that um, someone say that the days are long, but the years are short. Mm-hmm. And, and then that, that the, the, the smallest piece, um, of a mosaic could be struggle. It could it could say frustration. It could say mm-hmm. pain. It could say growth. It could say all these things. But when you draw back or you zoom out, you see the beauty of the image. Right. And so that's why I guess I'm not so afraid to talk about the things that are still looming mm-hmm. <laughs> for me. The things that I have to fight for every day. Um, sometimes I give up. Sometimes I press through. You know this fight. But I'm not afraid to talk about it because I know when you zoom out that yes. there's a grace that you also see, you know, that, that that's beyond what I want to share. And that's the part that I'm like, oh, OK, it's an amazing thing. It really is. Yeah, I think it's important for us to pay attention and listen and share those smaller parts um of our life which are the challenges Mm. the parts the small but frequent sometimes that's the thing about the mosaic if you there's a great metaphor because those you know if it's one color in a mosaic it can it can come up as part of the in part of the pattern at different parts Mm. of our life and it and sometimes we gloss over that because we're spending too much time like looking at the outcome of it, the whole 
Right. But those right. places are the places where we need more support or more space or more time for healing or input or holding or love or um and that people think that if the if the end result is just beautiful then it's all been beautiful right <laughs> but it, it hasn't and it hasn't so they're looking at their right. life thinking but mine's not like that how come hers is so beautiful right, right. it's like yeah because you haven't seen the bits where because we we're usually we usually go into hiding in the bits where mm-hmm. which aren't um, which are hard, which are difficult, which are challenging, and and it's necessary. I can't I can't see how you can have the beauty, the whole total beautiful mosaic without it. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I have the crazy, I have the craziest thing to say. Um, the very first time the company, um, the Alien, with the Alvin American Dance Theater, we went to Russia when I was in the company. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it was really very different. Like I remember feeling like I wanted to see everything. And I may have the name wrong, but um, I believe we were in St. Petersburg and there's a church there and I believe it's called the Church on Spilt Blood. And I, if I have the name wrong, sorry, you know, but, <laughs> but you know, like, like the translation is this, there was a war, there was something. And then, you know, this location, this spot was where there was some, some great tragedy. Right. But this entire church is mosaic. Like wow. every every part of it the colors no paint no i mean everything the windows the the walls the floor everything is a mosaic and i think and i thought about it if if in fact i'm correct that that's the translation of this name church on spilt blood or mm-hmm. but think about how much strife we spend and how much we spill right. to build up something that's right. so beautiful right you know so it's you know, I hope that I, I'm not just, you know, forgetting or running all my travel together and making things <laughs> up. <laughs> yeah, really someone's going to... So oh, I think that was in Greece, actually. I don't think it was in Russia. <laughs> but at least I've admitted that I could be wrong. But I believe I'm right. <laughs> and, and all of these things together made something so beautiful. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. It makes me want to Google it really fast. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we'll trust you on it. We'll trust okay, you on it. Um, most people haven't been to Russia. No, I'm only kidding. <laughs> um, I was thinking about, you know, one of the questions I always ask is, what do you think it is about you that has you succeed in a in a space where lots of other, you know, dancers, black dancers aren't succeeding? You've had the I mean, Alvin Ailey is unique um, still, but what is it about you? Hmm. There are lots of little girls and boys who go to dance class every week. And then even, even if they wanted to, don't, it, doesn't, it doesn't turn out into a, into, a, into a career as successful as yours. So what is it? It's funny to hear, you know, the measure of your career from someone else, mm-hmm. because success is something that I guess I would say if I were, you know, speaking in front of some students or, you know, success is doing the thing that you love. 
and then being paid for it, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. So, so, so yes. But um, it's interesting to hear you say career and success at the same time, because it's just, I can't give myself any credit. You know, I mean, I, there's something that I wanted and I didn't know how badly I wanted it, but I did everything I needed to do to get where I wanted, you know, like um, willpower or, or determination mm-hmm. or perseverance, all of those words work. Right. Um, and then I think about um, my mom reminding me that I didn't take no for an answer. Mm-hmm. So that still is willpower, determination and perseverance. Right. Um, but I, I remember um, my my grandmother, my great grandmother saying, you know, well, we prayed for you. And the people before you who did before us who didn't know you have prayed for you. So right. you are, you know, running on the prayers of these people, your your um, ancestors, your, uh, you know, my, my previous family members who mm-hmm. knew something was coming. So I can't take any credit for anything except that at some point I said no. And I said no to conformity. You know, mm. I did. I I I refused to be squashed into a mold that looked like everyone else. And I don't mean physically. I mean the way people sure. acted. You know, mm-hmm. I I I believe that kindness is key. You know, and and I was even asked once, why do you speak to people when people don't speak back to you? I said, well, that's just how I was brought up. But then if someone else sees that and they recognize it, then maybe they will in turn do something, you know, in that way. And I believe that that's the type of path, not just the dance path. I do believe that there are people who say they might like to go down the street, you know, the Hope Street. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but essentially, I'd rather them them walk down kindness and compassionate, right. you know, and and um, sympathetic um, uh, ways of of thinking and relating to people. I believe that that has been my, my biggest end. And I don't say it like it's a strategy. I no. just can't help it. You know, I feel like if there's, if, if I can, if I can reach down, I still want to do my steps, but if you don't look cute doing yours, I'm going to help you too. <laughs> because why? Yeah. You know, why should I hold it all for me? Yeah. If, if, if I don't give it away, that's no legacy. I mean, I, you know, today we're always like, what kind of legacy do you want to leave? Or what kind of impact do you want to leave? And, you know, the dancers are a dime a dozen. You know, now now black dancers are a dime a dozen. And then, you know, bald black dancers are a dime a dozen. <laughs> and, then, and then muscular, bald, right. dark skinned dancers are a dime a dozen. Right. But at some point... That I, if I've created a path for myself and I refuse to conform to things, and and I and I can say this, I'm I'm hypocritical. There are times when I'm frustrated and I nag or I'll complain mm-hmm. and vent. I mean, it's I'm not going to say it's human, but it's a part of life. But essentially, I will check myself and say enough. Right. You know. Okay. Come on. Because I can't continue to move forward if I'm doing the thing. You know, right. like, like, and I, I, I get social media, but there are times when I can't keep up. So I just stop. And then I'm like, okay, fine. And then people will say to me, oh, are you okay? I haven't seen you on social. 
And I'm like, you call me, (laughs) you know, there's gotta be a thing that we do that we break the habit of, of, um, of, of this new normal. Yeah. And and, and go back to community. Yeah. And I, and I want to, um, this is a word that's been going around for this tour, but I want to continue to build up that community of kindness and, and, and thoughtfulness. Yeah. That's that's that answers the question. Sorry. Well, it does. I think one one of the well, it's a number of things that it it points. One of the thing that um, struck me is your unwillingness to conform to to that's the thing that resonated as you spoke about it and your and what kind of can set you apart is your your creation of a community of kindness you're sensing that there's enough space for all of us to be successful you know that I usually said I want to do my steps great but I want you to be great too like we don't you know, and and that's that that's spoken at at the same time. Earlier, you talked about the competition that's in the space, but you can mm-hmm. be kind and competitive. It it doesn't right at the same time, and and so it says something about you and how you know is is this a person that I would want to be around? Is this a person that I would want to dance with? You know, there's like there's skill and there's ability, and then there's the person and who they're being. Mm-hmm. Um, and you combine the two and, and it can facilitate success. We sometimes focus so much on our skill, our performance, our outcomes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Outcome. Huge. Our outcomes. And one of the things I talk to about with my children is, are you being great with people? Mm. Are you being great with people? That's, my, that's what I think my job as a parent is, is to raise children who are being great with other people and that's a gauge that am I being great with that person and if I'm not and sometimes I know I'm not perfect and then I walk away from, oh I totally wasn't great with that person <laughs> I like what that. was that about right turn around, Ooh, around. exactly mm. you know if I may call a name and I you know I had not planned to do this but there's a woman that used to be in the company and um, she left for one reason or the other, came back. I called her the queen of comeback. Her name is, um, <laughs> no, really, like, because one injury and then she'd fight her way back. And then, you know, her name is Alicia Graf Mack. And if I would say anybody's got drive, she, she'd she be one to talk to. Okay. Right. But um, I remember we were doing a piece together and we had a duet. And I was, this woman is like, she might as well be six feet tall. And, and her legs go higher than she is tall. And her feet are beautiful. And, and on top of it, she's nice. The right. nerve of her to be nice. <laughs> you know, my mom even had a, a, a nickname for her. She's like, you're dancing with a giraffe, graph, you know, because she's so long. And I remember, like, how am I going to do this duet with her? Mm-hmm. Lo and behold, she was saying, how am I going to keep up with hope? And we didn't even know right. we were having this issue. And when we discussed it or figured out what we were going to do, we played on my strengths and we played on her strengths. We, right. you know, if I couldn't, she would take up a slack. And that way it made it just like a symphony to work with her. Nice. You know, like I never felt like I was missing something or lacking or even a little bit less because of her kindness and her generosity. Right. And if we can do that as like a group, 
then, you know, I mean, what can she do? Her legs are, are as long as my entire body. There's nothing she can do about that. She didn't make herself. Right. But how, but how she comes across is the part that's so human and so approachable. And that's the part about her that makes her so lovable. Right. You know, it's not just what, like you said, skill and ability or even facility. It's the, uh, it's the everything else. Right. That, that is, um, also kind of awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's a question for us. You know, what is the everything else? What is it? What mm -hmm. is the everything else <laughs> that we are, yeah, we are, we are showing up in the world as, um, mm -hmm. I wonder if you were looking back and speaking to Hope, who was 10 years old on her first trip to Paris, mm -hmm. and you wanted to tell her uh, two or three things about her life and what she'd learn and what, what to pay attention to, what would you tell her? Um, on the practical side, I would probably say try more things don't be stuck in what you know mm. because because not just it's not just travel that broadens you, your mind but it's it's trying things and finding out what you don't like right. you know I, I i i remember i was in the i was in the ailey company so that was in the year 2000 before i'd ever tried an olive now you will never find my refrigerator without an olive in it what was I doing? I had no idea that I loved olives. They just looked weird, but I didn't take a chance and try it. You know, right. as silly as that, 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 that analogy is, it's so true. So if, if you just give something a try, you don't know how it's going to suit you. Mm -hmm. And then you, you, you can't even really make an informed decision off of ignorance. You know, ignorance is not bliss. It is just ignorance. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and ignorance is a lack of, of information, but a lack of information also inhibits imagination. And you've got to do both. You've got to have it all, you know? So I would tell Hope to run as fast as she can run. And if someone passes you, don't worry, just run. Mm. Because your feet can only take you as far as you can go. The thing that I often tell my, my students is, that, that we are the only people who can put ourselves in a box and put the lid on it and lock it. Yes. You know, someone else can try to shut it and we have this ability to push it off, to jump out, to knock down the walls if that's what we have the um, courage to do. Right. And this is the courage that I'm reaching for every day, but it's possible to do it. Yeah. You know? yeah. Just run, run as fast as you can. Um, I was watching something, um, you know, this uh, guy, Simon Sinek, mm -hmm. who uh, talks about everything. and The why. Know, kind of, right, the, right, start with why. And, and he said, um, he's like, it's okay to have what you want as long as you don't keep anybody else from getting what they want. And I thought that was so great because you're not pushing other people down to strive. You're just running as fast as you can. Exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. There's enough. There's enough. There's enough. I remember, <laughs> I remember, this is someone of, I remember like when I first started like working in consulting, I've been doing the, doing freelancing for, working for myself for 19 years now. And people were like, oh, you know, how do you get the next piece of work? You know, where's the next piece of work coming from? I said, you know what? There is no shortage of people who need help. 
So, and there'll be people who will be my clients because they want to work with me. And there'll be people who will be someone else's clients because they want to work with them. There's no shortage of people who need help. I don't see what the problem is here, you know? Right. And if you come from a mentality where you're never going to get any work, there's not enough work, then, then guess what shows up? Never going to get enough work, there's not enough work. You know, if you come from a place of abundance, then abundance will show up. I've always really firmly believed that, you know, and you have to run your own race. You have to learn from others, look up and look around and learn. You know, I like to gather my inspiration from what others are doing and seeing, oh, look, look, where's the next thing that I want to develop myself in? But you run your own race, exactly. Absolutely. And you run, and sometimes you run with people, you know, sometimes you run a relay and sometimes you run, run on your own, but you're, right. you're running on, you're running your own race. Um, what, what are you up to now? What's your, what, where do you want to go? What's it? Cause you've talked about that. Like you've had this long, um, and you continue, I imagine continue to dance, but I don't know how long you can, how long do you keep dancing for when you're a dancer? And, um, and then, yeah, what's now, what's the new, what's new in the world of hope? Well, the, the, the answer, the answer I generally give is that I'm already <laughs> in, is that I'm already in my next because I am teaching. I do mentor. I, I, I speak to people and speak to young, you know, um, talk and coach young, young artists and choreograph. So there's all, there's a revenue that's there for me to do the things that I need to do. Um, the things that I haven't admitted really outright that I'm finding a new love for is, um, is to still create, but create in other mediums. Mm. And um, I shared um, uh, my writing in a book this year, and that was pretty incredible because I was like, you know, a friend of mine said, wow, you realize that this is really transparent. And I was like, oh yeah, because movement is abstract. You know, we can, you right. can do one piece and then you can change the music and you've changed the mood of it and it'll still speak to whatever mood you're trying to deliver, but the words are the words. So that was pretty um, eye-opening, revealing and uh, refreshing mm -hmm. for me. And I've also begun to put my movement and my words together um, in film form. <laughs> I don't like to say I don't like to say videos quite yet, even though I know that's what they are. But I think I have a desire to grow into a field that I have no clue about. But it is also creative expression. So I'm headed in in that direction, and that's that's really also. It's been a challenge for me because I believe in excellence. <laughs> I, looked, I looked up the word art and art, um, the, the very first definition uh, has, the definition has skill in it. <laughs> and I think people often think that, that you can do whatever you want and call it art. Right. But one must, one must have a skill in it <laughs> so that there is freedom. I mean, that's why we train. That's why we study right. so that, that, you know, you don't want to go to a doctor that says, I just feel like I can heal you. Yeah, no. <laughs> I want to see the paper on the wall that you've done the, the research, you've studied. And so I'm in the process of making, you know, new things happen for me. And I've admitted that. I've said it out loud. Mm -hmm. recorded it. So there it is. The there manifestation is. of the next 
the, the 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 newest next thing that I'm working on. Great. So then I I know that I've watched some of your videos um, that you've you've put out on YouTube. And um, what's can you just tell us what your YouTube channel is? Because if people want to see some, because you've got some really lovely pearls of wisdom in there. I enjoy watching them and. Uh, yeah, so that's, I want people to, I'll put a link in the show notes, but I want you to just let us know what the, what it's called. Well, my, um, name, my, my channel name is Hope Boykin Dance, and it's all one word. Mm-hmm. And I, I, it's funny because, um, a part of my mission on this channel was Hope 365. How can you deliver, how can I deliver hope and go on this journey of searching for hope for 365 days? and was completely defeated, you know, in creating and producing and making all of this hope, quote unquote, happen while I was away on tour. I mean, I just couldn't. And so I was like, well, do I stop? Do I start over? Do I pause? You know, I think I just, I just need to be honest and say it was hard and now I'm back. And so there will be a resurgence of of the of the channel again because I do believe in the things that I um, want to share and I believe it's worth sharing and there there are enough people who you know whether they look like me or not whether they you know want to go down this path or not that may find some strength in some of the experiences that I've had mm-hmm. who can learn from my mistakes and and um, and from the things that have been successful in my life. Right. And mm-hmm. that's where the perfection question comes in, because where you could beat yourself up about it's not been, you know, you haven't been posting as many, you haven't been able to do as many because of your tour. But the the joy that you get when you actually watch it is far bigger than a conversation that you're holding that I'm not holding as a viewer, you know, like, right, right. you know, like I, I'm not going, I thought it was supposed to be 365. I'm not in that at all. <laughs> right. So, you know, right. I, that doesn't right. even cross. I'm like, Oh my God, that's so powerful. You know, that's matter, what right? I'm so poetic. <laughs> I just remember how poetic you are in it. Um, and that was really impactful. I think I emailed you and I said that I said, it's so good. Um, so yeah, the three, that's all over there with you, you know, so we the, it didn't, you didn't have to, it wasn't like 365 consistent days. No, no, it was just me working on me. I know, <laughs> I know you're right. Right. Oh, if your viewers can only see your face, you're looking at me right now. <laughs> like, really? You might as well, you might as well be pointing your finger at me. You're I'm exactly like, right. yeah, it's just like, yeah, I just think it's such a gift. I, it, it points to all of us have that. All of us. We have an intention. We have a we have a view of what it should be like. You know, I always want to post an episode each week and I've missed two weeks. Now, I could go since I launched. I could go, oh, and it was for a moment. Oh, my God, I'm not going to post this week. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Should I just make some stuff up for five minutes and put it out there? It's like, no, you're just not going to do it. Yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't put crap out. <laughs> just being like, yeah, exactly. just, just miss the week. End of story. Right. You know, right. there's how many other episodes people can be listen to. 
you know, just really just that's our standard. And sometimes we meet our standards and sometimes we don't. But if we we spend our times beating ourselves up about it, you have so much to give us, you know, and and I'm just like I'm excited about like getting whatever you have to give. Thank you so us much. And Thank put you. it out there and we'll, I'll let people, I'll put links in so people can find you. And and when's your next Alvin Ailey performance? You've done come off a tour. Oh, what's yes, next? man. I didn't even, you know, do my due diligence and talk about that. But we have a new season that starts, I think it's November 29th through December 31st here mm-hmm. in New York. It's our five week um city center new york city center season mm-hmm. and it's really the time when we are performing at home performing at home is like no other experience because we we are in a place that loves dance and in a city that loves the alvin Ailey american dance theater you know like like mm-hmm. that actually claims you know even even alvin Ailey was born in texas and he grew up in los angeles <laughs> it's like no Alvin Ailey's a New Yorker, you know? Yeah. You're like, okay. <laughs> I mean, there, there are people who will say, oh, yes, I know Alvin Ailey. And I'm thinking, okay, you mean the company? or Right, or, right. What they, and they have their favorite dancers and their favorite um, uh, 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 work that they want to see over and over again. And once again, this season, my work will be on the program for five or six performances. So nice. if anyone can come to the performance starting November 29th, you can always go to alvinaley.org and, and check out the performance schedule and see what's being performed. And it's, it really is um, what I think makes New York, one of the things that makes New York great, Right. you know, is, is this is dance as an art form. And then this celebration of the African-American tradition in modern dance. I think it's just incredible. Well, I'm going to see if I can go to see um, the performance in New York because I've seen it here in Chicago, but the way that you've described it, I'm like, actually, I want to see, I want to experience it in New York and not in Chicago because you usually come around March is usually when it hits. um, Right. Yeah, so I'm going to come out in New York and if I'm going to find out when you're, so is your piece always being performed or are there certain dates that it's being performed? Well, because we're a repertory company and we're bringing in about five or six new works this year Mm -hmm. uh, for this upcoming season. And then we hold on to things we've done in the past and then do some revival. Um, So it's it's performed. I I should know the dates, but, you know, I don't even think about them. But five or six times throughout the season, the ballet will be performed. So it's called Revolution Dreams. So if you look at the schedule, then you'll know what night it's being performed perform but I can't tell you yet even what night I'm dancing so you know we just have to talk about that later okay <laughs> we will I'll we'll, make sure I'll make sure you we coordinate yes you coordinate it <laughs> yeah people listening guys yeah you get the inside information Shirley and <laughs> the rest of us <laughs> it's been so wonderful I can keep going I could keep going um but I'm You're pretty awesome <laughs> yeah it's just so wonderful just being with you and sharing with you there's so much more but I'm mindful we can we could do this again we can like have part two another time it. yeah that would be it. totally cool to do that thank you so much for thank you very much for having me she's got drive yes she's got drive yes <laughs> I hope that you've been inspired to shift gears in your life 
I'd love to hear from you. I want to hear what you got from the interview with Hope, what you see in the power of forgiveness of yourself that she shared and she talked about and what is there for you about fear and how fear can get in our way and how we can go beyond it. How do we get that useful fearlessness um, that happens to most of us actually and as we get older and older we become we can become more cautious so how do we get that that part of us back where we can go beyond where beyond the fear and have the fear not stop us you you know hope it's a more demonstration of seeing it noticing it and then doing something about it so head over to the facebook page on she's got drive and you can share there you can always send a message to me on Instagram. I love to receive your messages at Shirley McAlpine Consulting. If you head over to my website, shirleymcalpine.com, you can download a free ebook on how to be a woman of drive and do the exercises in there and have some quotes and some inspiration to get you kick-started on a challenge or some area of your life that you want to focus on it will be really helpful in that regard she's got drive is produced by cassandra voltalina the music is by the awesome female black band blonde thank you again for listening until next time go well and stay well <laughs>